hear me. Скажи мне, американец, в чем сила? А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая, лепота. Таможня дает добро. И вообще не называй меня, пожалуйста, Вероника. Кто я? От ныне русские земля единый быть. Ali, and this is the Rus Files Unite podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. As always, I am joined by a guest, and today my guest is returning guest. It's Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Ali. Thanks for coming on the show. Sure. It's <laughs> a great start. <laughs> You asked me like an hour ago if I wanted to do this, watch a movie that we've never heard of. I've heard of it, and I also, I floated this more than an hour ago. <laughs> I mentioned, When? I mentioned this like, uh, I don't know, five days to a week ago. Is it in the calendar? No. Then it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Um... Before we proceed then, Carrie, uh, for new listeners, please could you say who you are? I'm in a quarantine bubble with Allie. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> Should I explain why I'm in a quarantine bubble with you? I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, people can draw their own conclusions, but... <laughs> We're married. Okay, um, and any more reason than being my spouse for why you're on a podcast about Russian and Soviet movies? I'm an easy guest to get last minute. Well, there is that. <laughs> you're getting exasperated with me, aren't you? No, no, there, there, there's nothing, nothing of, nothing of the sort. <laughs> I, I am reminded why you haven't been a guest for a little while, though. <laughs> Um, I studied Russian language and literature in university. Uh, Ali and I met while we were both working in Moscow. Cool. Thank you. That was so easy, wasn't it? <laughs> well, no, I just had no idea what you wanted. <laughs> uh, never mind. All right. This is the normal dynamic when Carrie's on the show, but you're often on for... Festive episodes, which is what this nominally is. Yeah, like that time that we watched Loveless for a, a Valentine's Day special. Oh, it was it was a classic episode. <laughs> uh, the opposite of a date night movie. Yeah, I think I think the only movie that I've ever seen that's probably less of a date movie that still has a romantic relationship at the core would probably be Revolutionary Road with Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, which I think was really funny that that was 
I think that was the first time that they were in a movie together after Titanic, which just this what about this like ridiculously messy relationship breakdown. But there you go. You know, you want to avoid being typecast and all. Yeah, so this is nominally a festive episode in nominally a festive time of year, I guess. But it's 2020, so, you know. Bottoms up. <laughs> yes, we should we should say uh, this this episode is brought to you in association with Canadian ice wine. It's okay. Tastes like alcoholic Welch's grape juice for you American the white grape juice that they have for you American listeners who know what that means. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's not unpleasant, but it's it's not amazing either. But no. It is appropriate, given the movie that we're watching today, that we are drinking a beverage from the frozen north, a.k.a. Canada. Uh, I don't know whether that's how they like to be referred to, but it's certainly colder than this country. Um, has something more resembling. Although a significant portion of Canada is further south than the UK. I suppose so, but it has proper winters and we just have colder rainy season yeah right so the festive festive movie that we're watching for this you know festive festive lockdown yeah is it's called morosco known in english as jack frost rather it's not even anachronistic it's because that's to do with time it's just pretty weak translation but it's from 1964 and it's directed by Alexander Rowe, which is obviously a slightly unusual Russian name, but it turns out his dad was Irish, so yeah, so that's who he is, and it was made by the Maxim Gorky studio, which focused mainly on, like, children's films. So yeah, I should say a shout-out to longtime listener Scott Patz, who has mentioned this movie quite a bit over the years, especially around this time of year. So we're finally getting around to covering it, Scott. So uh, so there you go. And yeah, I don't I know... I just realised you've been doing the podcast for years, and so it's okay for you to say that. You're able to say long-time listener for years. Yes. <laughs> we we did recently pass the uh, third anniversary of the uh, first episode being released, and I was recording them quite a bit before that. But uh, but yeah, so it's been a little while now. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about this movie going in. Other I know than... absolutely nothing. Cool. Um, my phone's going crazy. My guess is it's your family chat. That are finally getting around to discussing the fact that Christmas was just cancelled two hours ago. Yes, yeah. So for context, listeners, uh, when when you say Christmas is cancelled, Carrie, what has happened? Um, Boris Johnson announced that the whole planned you can bubble with a few or get together with two other households uh, for Christmas for the area of the UK that we're living in, that is no longer going to be allowed. Which. I support in that num- hospitalization numbers are rising and you don't want people dying just because of Christmas. On the other hand, it's a little disappointing. It is. It is. And I think I think it was kind of unrealistic in hindsight to get people's hopes up that it would be fine. I think they probably should have gone in with the, yeah, probably you'll have to not do it. But I suppose they were 
considering economic considerations and people buying Christmas food and stuff and presents and stuff for for the big day. But yeah, so it's kind of rotten, but I guess it's the sensible thing to do. So that's good. Um, yeah, this will make this episode super timeless and evergreen, but never mind. But yeah, so what's this movie about? It is... What about 2020 is going to be super timeless and evergreen anyway? <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, very much good riddance to a pretty terrible time, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, so if you're listening to this several years in the future, then yeah... Then we survived! Yay! Yes, which is something. So, what's this movie about? I don't really know. Frost. Uh, yes. I know that it has Died Moroz, and as somebody who's done some study of Russian culture and literature and stuff, can you tell us a little bit about Died Moroz, Carrie? It translates to Father Frost. Um, so he's kind of a santa like figure sort of in that he brings kids presents on new year's eve night he has an assistant helper person named snegurichka who is a young woman and everyone makes jokes about what type of relationship snegurichka and father frost have do they <laughs> yeah it's like right. well, is she his niece is she his daughter is she his mistress like mm. what is she uh, i i never... why does this old dude have a young woman following him around i had never heard this un- unwholesome talk but yeah uh, it does not surprise me <laughs> yes so and you'd roughly translate her name as snow maiden right yeah although you should look up if, if you're interested in this, you should look up all the different costumes that Father Frost has in different regions of Russia. They're far more intricate and more beautiful than a lot of the Santa, just plain red and white costumes mm. that you get. Like, there's more embroidery and there's more detail to it. Yeah, I mean, he typically goes around in blue, doesn't he? Blue and white, yeah. Yeah. Most commonly. Yeah. He kind of looks a bit like a blue wizard. So I was speculating, because I'm a big nerd, that he is in fact one of the two blue wizards who are part of the five wizards that were sent off into Middle-earth. Because it did say that they disappeared into the east and were never heard from again. So, yes. So I'm, in my headcanon, one of them became Diedmaroz. On that note... We're going to go watch the movie. Yes. So what do we normally say at this point? Carrie. Hi-yuckily. Just watched Morosko. That's a lie. We just ate dinner after watching the movie. Stop 
ruining the contrivance. Everyone knows we literally just finished watching. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, so we, as I was saying, we literally just finished this second watching Morosko from 1964 by Alexander Rue. And we did not just finish eating sag paneer and naan for dinner. Nope, didn't do that. Just come straight off the film, bringing you our fresh out of the oven thoughts. Just like the naan was. Just like the naan wasn't, because no such naan exists. Anyway, uh, so this is where we'll be getting into the plot of this, you know, 50 plus year old film. So if you don't want to know what happens, this is the time to pause the episode, go and find the film. It's on YouTube. And then join us back. If you've already watched it or you don't care about spoilers, here is Carrie with the summary. What happens in this film? Carrie. So it's the movie is kind of... I don't know if it's a real fairy tale, like a Russian fairy tale, a combination of Russian fairy tales. Somebody wrote this, but it's in the style of a fairy tale. So the main character, Nastya, is a beautiful young girl, maybe like 14, 15, 16, like that type of age range. Lives with her father, who's completely henpecked and... Um, downtrodden. Downtrodden by the evil stepmother... And the stepsister, who is just absolutely pampered by the stepmother. Oh, she is an uber brat. Yeah, and Nasia has to do all the work and is this beautiful, kind, lovely girl who has to serve her horrible stepmother and her horrible stepsister, and her dad is unable to stop any of it. That's the setup for Nastya. And then the hero of the story, uh, Ivan... Or Vanushka, as he's called throughout most of it, is a peasant boy who is very, very handsome, very, very strong, but completely full of himself. Um, Yeah, literally like one of his first lines of dialogue is something along the lines of like, I am Ivan, I am so brilliant, and I am so handsome, or something like that. Yeah, and he's constantly looking at himself in a mirror because he's so beautiful. Anyway, he goes off on... An adventure? Quest? Yeah. yeah. I thought he was just taking a stroll through the woods and seeing what would happen, but... Yeah, because his mom sends him off with, like... Oh. With supplies and tells him to tells him to remember her and think about her. Mm, I don't remember. Even though we just, as we said, just finished watching this. We did not watch this over two nights. Because <laughs> someone got too tired and had to go to sleep. Yeah, you really need to watch that your uh, sleep schedule there and not conk out early, Allie. Yeah, that 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 was definitely me. Definitely me. <laughs> not at all me. Yep, such an early bird me. So anyway, yeah, Vaughn goes on a mission, walk in the woods to find himself. I don't know. In Russian fairy tales, Va- the Vanya type character often goes off on a, a quest. Or something. There's or Prince Alexei or whomever it is. The hero is is going off on a quest of some sort. Yeah, we speculated whether this was meant to be the character Ivan Durak or Ivan the Fool. I mean, they never call him that, but and he he isn't an idiot who things 
coincidentally all work out for. He has problems, and it's not that he's a good guy that people are showing up to help. He starts off as a guy that you really don't like, and he needs to improve himself. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that happens to him is, uh, at first, it's a result of him being incredibly conceited. Two, it's then him becoming a better person. So the story arc is not, he's an idiot who things serendipitously happen to help him. He It's that he's a jerk who learns his lesson. So he is an idiot, but he's not an idiot in the way that the Ivan Durak character normally is. Yeah, so he isn't your normal Ivan Durak. Anyway, Vanya sees Nastya, falls in love, problems happen, they get separated... Father Frost is involved in them getting back together. Yeah, for a movie that's called Morozko, the Father Frost character doesn't turn up until nearly 50 minutes into an 80-minute movie, so... Yeah. False advertising! Yeah, I don't want to say all of like the ins and outs of the stuff that they go through, um, but it's all like Nasta being patient and kind and forbearing and and sweet and gentle... And Vanya, you know, getting into a couple different scrapes and fighting Baba Yaga, who is the standard kind of witch-like character in Russian fairy tales, and kind of happily ever after sort of an ending. Yeah, eventually. They get married, live happily ever after. Stepmother and stepsister get their comeuppance. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, what's the main thing that happens to... Ivan that he kind of has to overcome. Oh, he um, meets Magical Mushroom Hat Guy, which I think might be a bit of a metaphor for somebody doing magic mushrooms at some point. Because <laughs> it got a little weird. And he, the Magic Mushroom Hat Guy says, Sorcerer, who he, of course he's a sorcerer, says that he'll give Vanya a bow and arrow... Um, or a bow and a quiver full of arrows. And all he wants in return is for Vanya to say thank you and kind of bow his head and stuff. And Vanya's like, psh, no, not doing that. And so then uh, the sorcerer turns him into a bear or like a werewolf. It's like a werewolf if the werewolf had a bear's head instead of a wolf's head. And bear paws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paws. We didn't look up the exact term that they that they used, but the translation of the version we watched on YouTube, everyone kept going, ah, a werewolf, except he's, he's clearly a bear head. And then he has to do good acts to get turned back into a per- real person. But he has to learn wisdom first. And at first he's like, no, I'm just going to do good acts. And like, of course, everybody runs away from him because he's, he's like this bear type character who's in clothes that's chasing people down yeah this humanoid bear creature yeah yeah yeah. i think that was probably the funniest moment in the whole film is when he's sprinting after this field full of uh full of girls girls, yeah and he's just like come back i want to help you and they're like oh it's a bear no Uh, werewolf Uh." (laughs) Yeah. yeah Also, his uh, the sound he makes when he's a bear sounds quite a bit like Chewbacca, but this like predates Star Wars by like thirteen years. So yeah. Um, in general, then Carrie, did you enjoy this? Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was a very good kids movie. You know, it has a a plot that you can follow. There are some twists and turns and some unexpected. Well, 
kind of unexpected things and that it's like you think that it's coming to an end and that they've wrapped up the story and then oh he runs into Baba Yaga or oh he runs into thieves in the forest or like there there is like some another obstacle that keeps coming up yeah i'd say it's very episodic like there is kind of a through line in that it's like about the relationship between Nastya mm-hmm. and Ivan, but yeah, there's lots and lots of little diversions that are only tangentially. It kind of it kind of seems like they threaded three or four different fairy tales together to get one that they could fill out a whole hour and a half long movie with. Yeah, like I'm not as familiar with Russian fairy tales as as you are. I mean, I only you know know a couple of bits and pieces, but it felt like. A kind of a compil- compilation or they were like riffing on mm-hmm. famous fairy tales. Mm-hmm. I have to say if you'd never come across any Russian fairy tales before, if you were just watching this cold, some of the things that happen would just be incredibly weird. The whole thing with Baba Yaga. Yeah. I'm... That's that's the main thing that you you'd just be like what on earth am I watching? Cuz a lot of it it's it's standard tropes like the evil stepmom, evil stepsister thing. Like there's nothing in there that I would that would really make me go I don't understand this. Um the part where they're trying to, you know, marry the evil stepsister to a young handsome available man it's like like all of that you can understand you can understand mm. the part where the evil stepmom wants the dad to drive nastia off in the woods to die in the cold of winter like none of that really needs explaining it's all the baba yaga stuff that would just be bizarre yeah okay well we should probably talk about some of the things that happen with baba yaga then so baba yaga lives in a house lives in a house in the woods and All very familiar fairy tale territory already. Yeah, kind of a witch, a in, witch a house. in a woods. Fine, that's all normal. But mm-hmm. what's the difference? The house is on chicken legs. Yes, like it's like ten feet. These ten foot tall chicken legs, sort of a thing. Mm. Maybe not ten feet tall, but really tall. At least head height. Yeah. Um, they think that the the root of the words originated in that you would have. Or originally you would build your house on tree stumps or roots. Mm. And then that word kind of got corrupted into chicken legs. Because it, it, they are similar mm. words. Okay. So that would be the more logical explanation for why you would have a house on chicken legs and how somebody could potentially come up with that idea. Mm. Presumably that was to kind of, so you were off the cold ground and when the spring thaw came you didn't you know you weren't sitting in a or standing in a like a foot of water when all the snow melts off presumably yeah but then that's the first weird thing about baba yaga obviously she's magical which fine one of the magic things is that she rides around in a um it's a pestle and mortar yeah except she has a broom instead of the is the pestle the grindy part, or is the mortar the bowl? I've n- <laughs> I don't know if I've ever. I always known. get the zoo confused. Anyway, she rides around in the bowl part of the mortar and pestle, and instead of the the grindy part, she has a broom, and that's how she flies. Like she doesn't just sit on the broom and fly. She's got to be in that the 
bowl part of the mortar and pestle. Yeah, it's kind of like a gondola or a punt if it went through the air and instead of like a pole, it had a broom. Yeah, so there's that. What else is weird about Baba Yaga? Her, like, tree friends in this version. Yeah, but that's not like Baba Yaga canon. That is just okay. So that was just in this movie. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard of that. Mm. So witch casting the spell to make trees come alive and fight your enemies isn't. It's weird, but it's not like you could under watch that and understand what's going on. Yeah, I don't know whether in typical versions she has like boar teeth because in this version she has these like big protruding like tusks. No, I don't, she she doesn't in all the illustrations and things that I've read. I think mm. that was just like, how can we make her even uglier? Okay, gotcha. And also, I think we think she was played by a man. Yeah, we're not sure. Certainly, she was voiced. Sounded almost certainly like she was voiced by a man. What else was weird about her? Uh, I mean, this is fairly standard, like fairy tale witch stuff. But she does try and eat Ivan. Yeah, she does, and then Ivan. You know, tricks her into getting into the oven instead of him. That was possibly the dumbest thing that happened in in the movie. Yeah, because uh, he because uh, she's normally meant to be quite cunning, but yeah, he basically tricks her by saying, uh, "I don't." You know, she's trying to put him on this shovel to go into the oven. If you kind of imagine like a rustic pizza oven that's kind of what it is mm-hmm. um and it, he's like but i don't know how to sit on it properly and she's kind of like oh young people don't know how to do anything let, okay let me show you and then of course she gets onto the you know pizza peel sort of a thing yeah. <laughs> and he shoves her in the oven and like throws her yeah. the door over it but she doesn't die he he, he lets her out yeah i don't think there's anything else that's incredibly weird about baba yaga i suppose not but that's some pretty weird stuff. Like yeah. it's mainly the house on chicken legs mm-hmm. um, that would be so completely like baffling if you'd never come across it before. Yeah. How did you like the visuals? So the characters' makeup was just it. It got on my nerves the entire time. Ah, okay. Yes. <laughs> like Vanya is very obviously wearing lipstick. And it's not, like, just a little bit because actors wear makeup. It's, like, a lot. And he's also wearing blue eyeliner. Mm. Like, it was a lot. Yeah, and you also commented that Nastya was very overly made up. And there's one point where she falls in some water and comes out. Well, actually, she's been made to look ugly, yeah, because the, the matchmaker is coming, and yeah. they want to make her look much uglier than the stepsister. Yeah, and they hide her away, but, you know, in case she does turn up, they make her look as horrible as possible. But then she ends up, through a series of events, getting dunked in some water, so all of the ugly makeup comes off, and supposedly her just normal face comes out, except she's very heavily made up. But yeah. Apart from apart from that, so you mean more like how the movie is shot and everything? Yeah, and the scenery and that. Yeah, sort I mean of the, the countryside that they have is very pretty. The costumes do look very much like they could be taken from a fairy tale book. Mm. Um, so they're colorful in ways that are and kind of traditional-ish Russian clothing. Mm. The special effects are pretty good considering the time. Mm. 
uh, it's what the it's fifty years old, so like yeah, it's mid sixties, mid sixties, yeah. I mean, they're not trying to do like incredibly amazing stuff, but it it like there's one part where Father Frost is putting snow onto the trees that didn't look amazing but it wasn't bad at all it was pretty cool yeah they used some kind of combination of like it looked like reverse photography and then like maybe some painting onto the Mm -hmm. um so that was pretty good i liked the the house designs and the set designs it was the houses looked pretty cool Mm. um like I would guess that real Russian houses from way back when didn't actually look like that, but they were very interesting. Father Frost's clothes were really cool. Like yes. the different embroidery and the things they had him wear. And even his staff design looked, yeah. looked very cool. Like he does definitely, I know I said in the intro as a kind of throwaway line that he looks like one of Gandalf and Sauron's like less famous colleagues, but he really looks like that in this. Like yeah. the staff looks incredibly like, you know, related to the, the what Gandalf and Saruman have, mm-hmm. except it's more like ice themed because that's his power. But most of the movie is outside, and it looks like they didn't film it in a sound studio. It looks like they actually filmed it outside. Yeah, and it really benefits from that i would say yeah it's, the locations are really really good i mean there's a couple of times where they have some rocks and stuff that don't look particularly great they look like they're kind of papier mache or something <laughs> um they are and the photography is really nice like and the, and the camera movement's quite dynamic there was one really cool thing that i noticed in one sequence they have this shot of this bit of woodland that looks like it's straight out of a Russian painting by the 19th century painter Ivan Shishkin that's called mm. One Morning in the Pine Forest. Um, mm-hmm. It just, the, the way that they have like these logs lying looks mm-hmm. almost exactly out of that. And it's a very, very famous Russian painting in that it has these bear cubs playing. Ali did need to look up the name of the painting. He didn't just know that off the top of his head. <laughs> no, it I, was... I just, I just thought it was absolutely necessary that that fact was put in there. Yeah, it was just like, oh, it looks like the bear painting. You know, you know the one I mean, the bears. Oh, speaking of bears, one of the things that probably dates the movie and makes it a little bit uncomfortable for a modern audience is yeah, there was one uncomfortable scene yes because you have these um like real live bear cubs i mean it's quite impressive in that like they've been trained to pick up these mushroom things and walk around with them like they're little kids but at the same time it's kind of like these are little bear cubs and instead of just being able to be bear cubs they're being trained to do stuff it's kind of sad yeah, yeah, so that's that definitely uh, dates the movie, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the music a lot. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, uh, I read on the Wikipedia page that it's inspired by the Russian composer Rimsky-Korsakov, because it definitely felt like this has a Russian classical music mm-hmm. theme. and we've With some balalaikas thrown in there. Of course, you can't not have those. It definitely feels like... A very like stereotypical 
Russian movie. Like, mm-hmm. you've got the balalaikas, you've got all these birch forests, as I say, that look really, really beautiful, both in the summer and also in the winter. In fact, I'd say what, yeah. like two-thirds of the runtime are actually not in the winter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing that was interesting, I thought, was the characterization of Nastya and the evil stepsister, mm. Marfushka, as she's always called, which I think is a variation of Maria. Okay, I wondered whether it was whether it was meant to be Martha, as in like what oh, would normally be, be Martha in It English. might have been Martha. Um, anyway, so... You know, you have Nastya is supposed to be the epitome of everything that a girl is, young girl is supposed to be, and Marfa is completely opposite and terrible. So Nastya is extremely hardworking. Marfa sleeps like all day and all night and barely does anything. But one of the things that prove how good of a girl Nastya is is that when she's left in the woods to freeze to death. And Father Frost finds her. He first asks you, asks her, "Aren't you cold?" And she says, "No, no, I'm warm." And like she has icicles forming on her eyelashes, so she's clearly lying about that. And then he asks her again, "But aren't you cold?" And she's like, "No, no, I'm just fine." And later she basically like almost succumbs to hypothermia because she's so cold. But the fact that she doesn't complain about being cold is evidence of what just what a good girl you are. You're just such a good girl. You don't complain about the cold despite nearly freezing to death. You just have to be super stoical. I don't think it's stoical. It's just like never complaining about anything. Mm. Doesn't want to cause anyone any trouble. I'm like, mm, I would not do well in Russia. I'd be like, <laughs> you I'm always said complaining it, not me. about the cold. Well, complaining is the British national sport, so you just fit in well here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that and talking about the weather. Yeah, I found Nastinka quite an annoying character like her voice oh my goodness do you want to do so breathy and high pitched and she talks like this it's very sing-songy and it's it's mega annoying will i see vanushka again yeah so um yeah so that's definitely a that's definitely a downside to the film yeah the visuals amazing music great nazia's voice horrible and just the kind of like the latent sexism of like you've got a lot of female characters but they're with the exception of nastinka they're all horrible they're either very much background characters or they're awful yeah like as we said Marfushka, the stepdaughter, is such a brat. Although it, they do contrast the, the scene with Nastya being really cold in the forest with a later scene where it's almost identical, except Marfushka is, is asked by the Dietmaro's character, are you cold? And she's like, what do you think? It's it's freezing out here. Of course I'm cold, you idiot. And I'm like, yeah, actually, she's kind of rude, but... He is asking kind of a dumb question. <laughs> so I'm with her on that one. Yeah, me too. Anything else we can say about this movie before we wrap this up? Like a Christmas present, because festive episode! I forgot it was supposed to be the festive episode. <laughs> um, 
I really hated the dad in it. Like, I know Nastia loves her father, and that's one of her good qualities, but, like, he totally lets his daughter get completely abused by his wife. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't step in at all. Yeah, he he is very much a just, yeah, pathetic, like, spineless worm of a character. Uh, in, I mean, he's he's just kind of pitiable. Um, no, because he lets his daughter be abused repeatedly for years. Yeah, well... Horribly. I, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's not... <laughs> Not a good character. I mean, his wife is abusing him too, so he's also a victim, but... Mm. He's also an adult. Awful. Yeah, he's also an adult. <laughs> so, there is a certain amount of, like, why did you marry her in the first place? Because mm-hmm. um, clearly it's a second marriage, so it wasn't like, oh, well, you were both 17 and didn't know any better. Or your parents had you force you to get married because there is a matchmaker in one of the scenes yeah indeed in this context there would be a lot of arranged marriages but yeah but yeah the 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 stepmother is a piece of work i mean she even she even hits her favorite marfushka like quite a lot Mm -hmm. um but then kind of like tries to make it up to her and she keeps feeding her these these lollies (laughs) yeah it's like whenever marfushka starts throwing a temper tantrum or something like she just puts a lollipop in her mouth like it's a pacifier. Yeah, despite the fact that Marfushka's supposed to be, like, a teenager, I guess. It's bizarre. She reminded me very much of, like, a Roald Dahl kind of character. It's, like, that exaggerated. Yeah, yeah that's a good comparison. She definitely, you could see her in that lineup of dreadful children in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that... Uh, he beats by being incredibly virtuous. Oompa loompa doompa dee doo. Actually, I guess this was only made like, I don't know, six, seven, maybe eight years before that. Yeah. I mean, the colours in this and the visuals remind me of either that or, you know, going back quite a way, like Wizard of Oz in terms of how mm-hmm. colourful it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I'd say I was pleasantly surprised by this. I was, like it's clearly a kids movie, but it's a good kids movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good fun. Apparently it it won an award at the Venice Film Festival for like best kids movie. So there That you go. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Awesome. So I guess qualified recommend. Yeah, I would recommend it if you just like I want something nice to watch. That's easy watching, doesn't require any emotional effort, isn't going to traumatize you further, unlike the year that 2020 has been. Indeed. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's not a massively festive film. Basically, part of it takes place in the winter, and Father Frost is one of the characters. Yeah. That's basically the extent of the... Holidayness. Yeah. I honestly thought that Nastinka was going to get turned into Snigurichka, and mm. it was going to be like the origin story of Snigurichka. That would have been cool. <laughs> that would have been much cooler. And it was like Vanya would be like left all alone and watching Snigurichka go off into her duties as Santa's helper. Yeah, I think that's still preferable to being married to Ivan, even though he is 
slightly improved. Yeah, I think that that would have been better. And Vanya should have had to marry Marfushka as, like, punishment or something. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Baba Yaga. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, Carrie, thanks very much for joining me on this episode. You're welcome. And thank you, listener. And I do hope that you have a very pleasant 2021. I mean, let's face it, 2020 is, is a low bar. Very low bar. But I hope that the next year is better for you than this one has been. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right then, das Vidanya, folks. Das Vidanya. <laughs> So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovich and the Highly Skilled Migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. That second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes, so if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media... Please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at roosfilesunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves, and bye for now. Okay, so one last thing before I go. I wanted to let you know about a couple of ways that you can financially support Roos Files Unite, if that's something you're able to do. The first of those is that we have a Ko-Fi page, which allows you to donate money to the show and the address for that is ko-fi.com slash roosfilesunite and then the second option if you're in the UK we have a bookshop.org affiliate page where you can pick up books from the selection that I've curated as you might imagine most of them have a Russian theme or some kind of Russian connection. And because this episode was connected with Russian fairy tales, I wanted to let you know that we have a small section on Russian fairy tale books. And I wanted to highlight a couple that particularly caught my eye, and they are Why the Bear Has No Tail and Other Russian Folk Tales, and The Story of Sinko Filipko and Other Russian Folk Tales. Now, both of these are translated from the Russian by Dr. Louise Hardeman, and they are illustrated using reproductions of watercolour paintings by late 19th century Russian artist Yelena Polinova. I've not been able to get hold of 
copies for myself just yet, but I have had a look at them on the publisher's website and they look absolutely gorgeous. So if you're interested in Russian folk tales, they might well be worth picking up. So you can find our affiliate links to those and to the rest of the Roosevelt's Unite bookshop.org selection in the show notes. And you can also find those links in the bios of our various social media pages. All right, that's all from me for this time. I will speak to you in the new year.